I'm going to talk about diagnostic reference level. This is a um, concept slowly seeping into U.S. It's widely known in the Europe and other places, but it's slowly getting into the imaging field. And wanted to cover this topic on diagnostic reference levels and what it implies to our imaging community and so forth and why it's getting more popular and useful. Uh, I want to discuss both uh, what are what DRLs, how are DRLs arrived, and then uh, going to the latter part, discuss about some of the efforts in the U.S. and what are the current uh, values uh, for variety of procedures in the CT and so forth. DRLs has a number of advantages and also some application and limitations. So, um, these discussions will talk about uh, in details about some of these aspects about DRLs. So, one can consider diagnostic reference level or DRLs as a practical tools to promote optimization. When I say optimization in, in terms of radiation dose, uh, we are we are constantly trying to move the discussion away from dose reduction to dose optimization because uh, often time do, don't, uh, dose reduction is, is, is kind of done in a um, when done incorrectly lead to jeopardizing the image quality. On the other hand, um, using the concept of dose optimization allows the user not necessarily go down on radiation dose in only one direction may have to adjust the radiation dose based on the image quality. In that regard, the diagnostic uh, or image optimization or uh, optimization or radiation dose optimization is lot more practical and useful for our patient community. DRLs was first established for conventional radiography back in the 1980s um, and subsequently for other modalities in the 1990s. One can consider DRLs as supplements to professional decision and do not provide a dividing line between good and bad medicine. Uh, it is very inappropriate to use DRLs as a regulatory or, or for commercial purposes and that's where we have to be very careful when we discuss about DRLs because it can be often misused um, either by bad regulations or by uh, commercial purposes uh, trying to push through a new equipment based on this incorrect concept about DRLs. The other but however, um, this DRLs one has to be aware that it is applicable to only to medical exposures and not to occupational and public exposures. When I say occupational public exposure, that's the one which we monitor for staff radiation badges and so forth and that's a radiation protection concept completely. DRLs is basically, is kind of like a quality um, metric for a practice, one can look that way. So what is the purpose of DRLs? First and foremost, it's not suggested or considered as an ideal dose for a particular procedure. And also it is, should not be used as an absolute upper limit for dose. Basically, as the name suggests, diagnostic reference level, it represents dose levels at which an investigation of appropriateness of dose should be initiated. So, basically, in an ideal situation, the DRLs act as a trigger levels to initiate quality improvement. Again, I want to differentiate here quality improvement is the main thing here. 
In the previous podcast, I discussed about CT dose alert and CT dose notification. Um, they are now required to be put on each of the CT scanners, and they, the purpose there is to avoid any type of a um, deleterious effect of the radiation dose used in CT, and also uh, pro provide a way uh, to make sure the user logs the reasons why they exceed certain level. But DRLC is something even smaller than that. It, it should act as a trigger level to initiate quality improvement. So, it is established for typical examinations for a groups for groups of standard size patient or standard phantoms for broadly defined types of equipment. And then, the idea is like to monitor the patient doses on a period of time, and the levels are expected not to exceed when good and normal practice regarding diagnostic and technical performance is applied. That is the bigger picture, that is the idea of the DRLs. So, DRLs can be established both regionally and nationally or even locally. It is important to recognize that considerable variations are seen across both regions and countries. A DRL set in the US might not necessarily be applicable to a DRL set to be set for a Southeast Asian country um, because it all depends on the patient demographic uh, um, and variations and everything. The same thing DRL set in a European country doesn't necessarily have to f be used in the DRL set in, the, in a particular region in the US and so forth. So basically DRLs are to be set based on the local condition and based on the consideration of a particular procedures and so forth. They have been endorsed considerably by many professional and regulation, regulatory organizations. Just to name a few, ICRP, the International Council of Radiation Protection, IAEA, International Atomic Energy Agency, American College of Radiology, American Association of Physicists in Medicine, UK's Health Protection Agency and European Commission all endorse um, DRLs. It's typically set at 75th percentile of dose distribution from surveys conducted across broad base using specified dose measurement protocols and phantoms. And that's very important how these DRLs are set. Sometime in the eagerness of setting a DRLs, one can just take randomly about few number of patients' data and then try to set it up as a DRS. That is not, that is, that has a very limited use. It should have, one is, it should have a dose distribution from a service conducted across broad base to accommodate all variety of patients and sizes. And then it should all be used very specified dose measurement protocols and phantoms. Like for example, DRLs has to be separate for CT of the chest, CT of the uh, abdomen, CT of the pelvic and so forth. So, the ICRP recommends use of DRLs for patients in their latest report 103. So, ICRP is the International Council of Radiation Protection and Measurements. They recommend to use the DRLs for patients. So, as does IAEA in its International Basic Safety Standards of 2011. The DRLs are intended for use as a convenient test for identifying situations where levels of patient dose are unusually high. So, how are DRLs established? 
one place to look around is in the UK. UK actually first initiated through surveys aiming to describe dose distribution among local practices and to define DRLs from these distributions. And they, they have done an exhaustive surveys in variety of localities. The surveys really reveal that delivered dose varies greatly between institutions and devices. And, and it's well known knowledge uh, that, um, that CT doses varies from institution to institution. Not necessarily they have to, but that's the reality. And these surveys demonstrated that delivered dose varies greatly between institution and devices. So how is DRLs defined? In terms of easily and reproducibly measured dose metrics using technique parameters that reflect those used in sites clinical practice. It's no use of um, identifying dose metrics or identifying techniques which does not reflect the patient use. So the idea here is like to, um, it should be easily and reproducibly measured, means the methodology to set DRLs is to be standardized and mimicable and uh, easily uh, able to be done by any anybody. Um, so that should also reflect using that uh, reflects the site's clinical practice. One of the main advantage of DRLs is over time typically the, uh, the DRLs leads to lowering the radiation dose levels. That has been demonstrated in a number of these countries. In certain cases, actually, DRLs were increased in order to balance between the dose and image quality. And that is the type of freedom one needs to have when using DRLs. It should not be unilaterally used as a regulatory purposes or commercial purpose. It should be more of a quality management tool. DRLs should not be used as dose levels for regulatory purposes. We can use phantoms to establish DRLs because that's the best one to mimic uh, pa patients and they can be employed to estimate patient dose for a class of patients. That's one thing, like an average size patients. And these phantoms can be easily constructed with readily available materials such as PMMA, acrylic, lucite, aluminum and copper. And that has been done by the US FDA, uh, next surveys and other things for the radiographic and fluoroscopy procedure. So also for the CT. <coughs> If not, you have to have a large number of patients' data to be combined on a particular uh, particular procedure to establish DRLs. And that's also done in the, uh, which will be discussed later, um, through the da databases that data derived from these dose index registries such as the American College of Radiology dose index registry. So, we now have some established DRLs for radiography and fluoroscopy. CT, fluoroscopically guided interventional procedures and nuclear medicine procedures. So, in the dose descriptors used in, in DRLs or establishing DRLs are as follows. For radiography and fluoroscopy, it is the entrance skin dose expressed in milligray or air karma expressed in milligray and dose area product are called the DAP expressed in milligray centimeter square. For CT, the common dose descriptors are CTDI volume expressed in milligray and dose length product expressed in milligray centimeter. For nuclear medicine activity expressed in milli, uh, 
mega backwards is used as the dose descriptors in DRLs. So the dose descriptors used in DRLs are kind of standardized for the radiography and fluoroscopy, CT and nuclear medicine. Um, detailed discussion about DRL levels and how is it used and limitations will be discussed in the in the latter podcast. However, just to show you an example, NCRP, the National Council of Radiation Protection and Measurements in the US, in their report 172, recommended the following DRLs and also introduced a concept called achievable dose, which basically tells us like DRLs should be used as an, um, which is uh, the uh, 70th percentile of the surveys and uh, sites can work towards achieving their doses, patient doses towards DRLs and then in fact in an ideal case they can even be lower than that and that is called an achievable dose without jeopardizing the image quality. Shown here are examples for adult head, chest, abdomen and pelvic, pediatric head CT, pediatric abdomen and pelvic CT and so forth the DRLs and respective achievable dose. So these are the NCRP recommended DRLs and achievable dose, uh, achievable dose levels. In summary, the diagnostic reference levels are defined to serve as reference only. They should not be used for dose limits and also it is important that the sample size for establishing DRLs are key for relevance which we'll discuss in length in the later podcast. But the bottom line is like the image quality should not be compromised for dose reduction. 